0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at slash with Amex. You know
1: our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer rated. General Grabber ATX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash tirerackcom The way tire buying should be. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want What is going on, everybody? Friday. Maybe listen to this on Saturday. We got NFL games Saturday. We got NFL games Sunday. We got NFL games a game Monday night. Big one. Packers at Minnesota. The problem is as I'm recording this late, you know, about dinner time, Thursday, there's no NFL game on, and I'm one of, it looks like one of the rare millennials, according to the ratings, that likes the NBA. This Laker-Bucks game, th- th- that's the problem for the NBA. Your games in December don't matter. This game is meaningless. I miss the NFL. Roger Goodell, if you're listening, I doubt you are, but give us Thursday night games. You just don't, don't take those away from us. You know, it's funny. Everyone crushed the Thursday night game back when they first became a norm. When I first got to the NFL in 2010, there were like three or four a year. Maybe there were five. Now, obviously, every team has one, but they're missed. Uh, the the country rallies around them. They consume them at historic numbers because the ratings are really high. We need football in our life, and I need the NFL in my life on Thursday night. Now, I get December 19th. You know, Some of these teams haven't had a bye for a while. It would be tough, so... You know, I'll tip my hat, you give me three Saturday games, and really two of them are really good. Yeah, you could argue the first one, Houston at Tampa, is not bad. I uh, Got a lot going on today. I'm going to start with Tom Coughlin and the Jaguars, then we'll dive into Dabo, and what he did during recruiting, you know, he's kind of turned Clemson into what USC was 15 years ago. The fun, cool place to be. It's just, it was easy to understand why people wanted to go to LA with Pete Carroll. Hollywood, agents, money, glamour, women. Clemson, what he's doing is—it's pretty unprecedented because you know Ohio State, Bama, Florida, those schools, the hit Michigans of the world, even USC—the history. Clemson to be this good and this dominant and this cool—it's pretty crazy. Then we'll dive into all the weekend games, and of course, at John Middlecoff is my Instagram handle, and you can slide into my DMs, Middlecoff Mailbag at the end of the show. Easiest way to get a hold of me is Instagram or Twitter. Same. Same Twitter handle, but my DMs aren't open there. Only for the babes and uh, and media people. But let's start with Tom Coughlin. He was relieved of his duties the other night, and I, I've been trying to think of some analogies to sum this up. I, I don't, I, I don't even know how to quite describe what he was attempting to do. When you're the head coach, you're basically, you know, the disciplinarian of the family. You know, I my parents. I grew up in a two-parent household, but my dad worked a lot, whatever, was gone on business. And I just remember being in trouble. You know, my mom would be like, when your dad gets home, well, if he's going to be gone for a week, you're like, you know, whatever, I'm going get in trouble for a while. So you'd push the envelope. Now he, you'd call back then, you didn't have cell phones, pick up the phone, you know, he'd be like, are you being good? And you would pretend, yeah, being good. Even though you knew you were screwed when he got home. But ultimately he was the guy to get you in trouble. You know, now your mom could come at you with a, with a spoon or something if she was pretty freaked out. And again, I was a bad guy. Bad guy would be strong. I was a troublemaking kid. I like to push the envelope. Like, no different than a lot of NFL players, I'm sure, right? You know, I can show up five minutes late for rehab. And Tom Coughlin, a stickler for details. To me, what Tom Coughlin stands for are the right things. Being on time. Like, isn't that one of the most basic premises of being successful in life? If you just show up, you're ahead of like whatever the stats are, 80 90% of your competition, just showing up, you just wipe people out. And that's Tom Coughlin takes that to a whole other level. It's not just showing up. you got to show up on time. No, not actually on time. you got to show up early, which again are good habits in any walk of life. Where I think Tom Coughlin jumped the shark is when you're the head coach, you can draw a line in the sand. When you're the dad, you can draw a line in the sand. But if my mom like ran over to my neighbor's house and was like, Chuck, I need you to help corral John. You think I'm going to listen to my neighbor? Of course not. So these players looked at Tom Coughlin. Clearly, Jalen Ramsey had no respect for him. Like, yeah, Tom, you've won a couple Super Bowls, but you're now a 71-year-old guy that's technically the GM president. We don't even quite know what you do. But I, I-, I answer the head coach and I answer the owner. I'm not really sure what you're doing. And for an old guy that was very rigid, clearly, you would think he'd be a little open-minded, but he wasn't just rigid and closed-minded, he was breaking the rules. He was finding Dante Fowler reading up on the $700,000 that he fined him for things that you can't even fine him for. From January to March when they're not it's the off-season for not showing up to the facility to do to conduct his rehab. When the rules you know specifically state he can do rehab wherever he's at. He does not have to come into the facility. And then Leonard Fournette got 99000 back for sitting on the bench. Like, Tom, you are not the head coach. You drawing these lines. You created a lot of dissension in the building. What, what Tom Coughlin did these last, I'd say, 12 months is beyond embarrassing. You know, it, it won't necessarily be a blemish on his resume. Just because as time goes on, you just remember the two Super Bowls. But it should be a blemish on his resume. He... What he did to himself, I mean, this is like clown activity. This is the type of stuff that Al Davis with the, uh, with the uh, what was it called, the transparency, the overhead projector, or something that Jimmy Haslam and Joe Banner, you know, or something would have done in Cleveland four or five years ago. That's the level of just people around the league laughing. Are you kidding me? And then for the NFLPA to put out a statement that basically saying we would recommend you thinking twice before you play here. He left Shad Khan, no choice but to fire the old guy. And I'm not anti-old people. Though, when you conduct yourself like this, I can imagine it was very, very difficult for Tom to be a general manager slash whatever the hell his you know actual role was. I've heard he had a lot of power. And he, he was living just in archaic times. One of the big reasons I've heard Leonard Fournette is on that team is he led the charge. A between-the-tackles, running downhill, running back. Think about drafting a guy like that in the top five in the last four or five years. I mean, it was jaw-dropping when he did it. Now, I didn't love McCaffrey as high as the Panthers drafted him, but at least you could understand what he brought to the table, catching the football. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott is a much more balanced player. Than Leonard Fournette when it comes to all the aspects of the uh, of the position, so I just it's hard for me to wrap my head around Tom Coughlin and the fines that he was giving out to players that he was legally not allowed to do it, and the the owner deserves some uh, deserves some criticism for this too. You hired this guy why? Because he was a big name, a classic move that owners make. Oh, he's Tom Coughlin, he's won Super Bowls, but you didn't really have a position for him. You already had a general manager and you weren't hiring him to be your coach. What the hell was he going to do? But at his core, it's hard what what's the saying go? You, know, you don't treat you don't uh, you don't teach old dogs new tricks. At 71, 72 years old, Tom Coughlin was not going to change. But his authority in that building not being the head coach and that is who the players answer to, yet they know this guy is pushing these agendas just cause problems. Because you watched the Jaguars the last couple years, you went, wow, they have a lot of talent. Clearly the dysfunction was at an all-time high. And Tom Coughlin was a big, big reason for that. I I blame Tom Coughlin now when you see these things coming out, when you see these grievances being overturned, and then you see players all around the NFL. And people think I'm just like Mr. Pro Management. No, I'm just pro the right, what's right and what's wrong. And usually I'm pro management because I'm pro-fan. I'm pro the sport, and usually when players just go all over the place NBA style or have a bunch of power, it doesn't work, and your your business suffers, so I think the balance of the the NFL tends to be the, obviously the front office has more power, but some players have some juice, Jalen Ramsey had some juice, the good players in any sport are always going to have some juice, but I'm just pro doing the right thing, what Tom Coughlin was doing was moronic, like I I just, I'm still baffled at it a couple days later. That this happened, and that no one inside the Jaguars said anything. Though I understand he's a pretty intimidating old guy, but I, I think the Jaguars have a legitimate, you know, public relations problem on their hand right now. And getting rid of Tom helps, but overall they got to show everyone that this is a place that's that's pro player, that's pro, and I pro player is the wrong word, but just pro. We're not out to get you. And it felt like Tom Coughlin, like this was the wild, wild west. He was just trying to take out guys. You know, remember with Jalen Ramsey? His issue, everything that came out publicly, was with Tom Coughlin. Why is Tom Coughlin involved with Jalen Ramsey? Like, stay away. Most general managers are out of sight, out of mind. Even in the building. I'm not saying you can't have friendly relations with, with players. But you shouldn't. they shouldn't be intimidated by you. That, If anything, that's the coach's job. So if you're a player, you're intimidated by the coaching staff because they're on you, they're holding you to high standards, they're pushing you, and you're worried about this old guy potentially finding you, screaming at you. What a dysfunctional mess. And what just, what a bad look for Tom Coughlin. There really is is no way around it. Like I didn't view, when he left New York, it was time, but he left with his head held high. He had a very respectable career. He's going out a legend. Won as many Super Bowls there. I mean, Parcells won two. He won two. So he's right there with Bill Parcells in terms of Super Bowl rings with the New York Giants. It was a really big deal. He beat Belichick twice. I would say he's one of the more respected guys in the league. I remember going to the Combine when I was an intern. The young guys had to get there really early at the weigh-ins. And I remember getting there at like 6 a.m. And he was already sitting there. And it was like, this guy is just, this guy's a beast. You know, I, I I always held him in such high regard. I lost some respect for him over this. I really did. Like, have a feel for the room, you know, and for as smart and as tough as certain guys can be, they also can be dumb sometimes. And this was this is a very bad look for the uh, for Tom Coughlin. And I, you know, you give the owner some credit, but he also created this mess by hiring him to some fake position, and then he created all this divisiveness within the organization. So.
0: Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
1: When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. at thousands of retail locations around the country, Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative, bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because, like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, "Well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows." At eBayMotors.com, eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I I don't pretend to know that much about recruiting, besides just a couple of the super famous guys, couple of the five star guys, you know, a couple of the kids. Whenever you know Barry Sanders' kids year ago, you know four or five years ago went to Stanford. Emmett Smith's kid this year, I think Ojo Cinco's kid, Jerry Rice's kid. were all recruited. That's kind of cool to see. Uh, Even though Jerry Rice is a lot older than Ojo Cinco. But one thing that really jumped out to me in recruiting is that Dabo Sweeney is the new Pete Carroll. But the difference is that Pete Carroll took over one of the more historic programs that was just down in USC. And when you take over a historic program that's quote-unquote down, it's not that hard to get it kick-started. Ohio State, Michigan, Bama, LSU. Like If you do it right... You can go from you know driving a solid car to a Ferrari quickly, and you never look back. And that's what Pete Carroll did. That's what you know Saban did at Alabama. That's what when Urban got to Ohio State took it to another level. Same thing when Urban got to Florida. Like you can flip a switch because you don't have to go that far. You know that you know the book good to great. I'd argue it's harder to go from nothing to good. You know it's it's really incredible when you get to a program and create something. You know, like what Bill Snyder did at Kansas State, what the guys doing at Iowa State, uh, what Mike Leach did at Washington State two years ago, most wins in in uh, in school history. Like, I, I'm not trying to diminish what Chip Kelly did at Oregon, but I also think it takes away from how good of a program Mike Bellotti had humming there. Now, Chip Kelly took them just another inch up, but they were a damn good program the rest of uh, the majority of my life. Like what Bruce Feldman told me one time on a radio interview that he thought the Jim Harbaugh coaching job at Stanford was the most incredible turnaround job he'd ever seen. It was remarkable. I think when he got the job, they were 1-11. Three years later, they're beating Pete Carroll and winning you know, double-digit games going to the BCS. It was remarkable. So Dabo Sweeney, Clemson, has historically produced a lot of NFL players. I know a long, long time ago they had won national championships. But for a long time, they kind of felt like an underachieving, like an Arizona State of the South. I looked at their recruits. Obviously, they got a lot of guys from the South, but they stole people from Georgia when Georgia's humming. They went into Alabama when Alabama's humming, but they've become so cool. Maryland, boom, got their best player. Their best overall recruit, who I think is a second and third guy, depending on where you look, is the quarterback from St. John Bosco's in Los Angeles, who's also going to Clemson. Now, a big reason that a lot of these Southern schools, I think, are coming into L.A. and having success is because USC's down. And Oregon only has so many spots. I, I give tip my hat to Mario. He's the only guy out West recruiting like it's the SEC. Herms, trying, and same with Washington. But Dabo Sweeney, when you think of college football coaches, the best ones, kind of assholes, right? I mean, Nick Saban, you know, he's kind of a dick. Even Urban Meyer, like, he's an intense dude. Think of like what Jimmy Johnson was in his prime. Or, you know, even Bob Stoops, you know, pretty intense guys. And I'm not saying Dabo or Pete are not intense because clearly they are at the highest level. They're also pretty happy guys. They're also pretty optimistic guys that you feel like you would want to be around at all times. Like, would you want to spend that much time around Nick Saban? I mean, you would if you were a football coach to steal his ideas. He would also wear you out. Just kind of some of his negativity and intensity. There's a difference between Dabo and Pete's intensity, which is all positive. And what Dabo's done at Clemson is absolutely amazing. For Clemson to have the number one recruiting class, they've won two of the last three national championships. I actually think they're a sleeper to win this national championship. I like them to beat Ohio State in that first round game. But then to him to go to areas like Alabama when the Crimson Tide are humming, to go to Georgia and out-recruit the University of Georgia when they have been consistently a top 10 program these last two or three years. He goes into Maryland like it's no big deal. And then he comes out to California and gets the top guy in the state of California. Again, it feels very, very Pete Carroll right now who uh, went all over the country with his positive vibe. his cool vibe. I, I keep hearing that Dave Tepper is going to want Josh McDaniels. If you're Dave Tepper, how would you not talk to this guy? How does he not feel like Pete Carroll or Jimmy Johnson? How could you look now? I understand that Pete had had NFL experience. So it was a little different but Jimmy Johnson's a guy that took Miami to a whole nother level. Jerry hired him, and he never looked back. And Dabo has, like, would Dabo work in California? He's perfect for the South. You know, there is a, a, and I'm not pro or anti-religion or anything, but talking about God and stuff, we don't really do that out here. Uh, it's, it's a big deal in the South. It resonates with your base. So I do think he really... If I was him, I would stay at Clemson. If Bama called, I don't know about... Obviously, he went to Alabama. Maybe he would go there one day. I personally, if I was him and even wanted to go back to Alabama, I would let someone go to Alabama first, fail, and then come in second. But I would imagine that Dave Tepper's going to call. He'd be crazy. He would be insane if he doesn't try to get an ultra-secret meeting with Dabo Sweeney. Now, Dabo makes a ton of money, and rightfully so. He deserves to arguably be the highest-paid coach in college football. He's beaten Saban. Multiple times, he's recruiting the best players in the country. He has now become a national brand, and part of that social media, and the internet, and television has really helped these Southern schools. As someone that lives in California, never been to an SEC game. Been to Florida a couple times for NFL games, the Dolphins and the Bucks. I've been to New—I've never been to a Saints game, but I've been to uh, I've been to New Orleans and Bourbon Street before. So I, I've been by the Dome, know how cool it is. That the SEC and the South, and I would argue the South, like Miami, when I was a kid, or like in junior high, DJ Williams, who was, he played for the Broncos for a while, but was the number one overall recruit in the country, was at De La Salle. He went to the Miami. So we've always had top guys go to Southern schools. But to come out here and get our number one quarterback? Like USC, and I'll give Oregon credit, they were going after him very, very hard. But it's cool to go to Clemson now. I don't blame that guy from St. John Bosco's to go into Clemson at all. I'd go there too. It's badass. Look at all the sweet players in the NFL. I mean, I'm thinking today, back in the 2000s, like with, with the Deshauns and Marshawns and a bunch of guys that came out of California, would they have even lasted? Like, would they have gone to the Pac-12? Or would they have ended up at Alabama? Or would they have ended up at Georgia or Clemson? And it's really remarkable Dabo being able to rise even while the SEC is crushed. Obviously, Nick Saban crushes it. Najee Harris, one of you know, his starting running backs from five minutes away from me. Georgia's getting guys. Georgia's, the top running back they got is from Fresno, California. And Dabo is still, like, finding a way to get the players he wants. It, it's really remarkable. And I, I really do think there are a lot of parallels to Pete Carroll. His program is fun to watch. It's become an NFL program. They have the best assistant coaches, they have the best talent, you know. Last year, how many first rounders they had? They're going to have more first rounders this year. They're going to have a future number one overall quarterback in two years. They already got one, Deshaun Watson, who's kicking ass and taking names for the Houston Texans. So you just got to tip your hat. You know, they say a rising tide lifts all boats. Obviously, the SEC has kind of created this competition down there, and Dabo has found a way. I understand, like. It's easier for him to navigate the regular season when you're playing an ACC schedule. But you can't argue the players he's getting. He would easily compete in the SEC. Because we see when he plays Alabama and he beats them. He's beat them twice in the biggest game going. And last year at Levi Stadium, he kicked the crap out of them. What what he's doing is just absolutely remarkable. I have nothing but admiration for the guy. And again, if I'm David Tepper, I'm not taking no for an answer. Maybe he won't be my coach, but I'm getting a sit-down with the guy. Roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash cash. Okay, let's go Sunday games. Actually, we'll start on Saturday. Uh, you gotta love the NFL. They realize, we got. I guess we got some bowl games, but crappy ones. Houston at Tampa. Uh, listen, Houston's the, the craziest team in the league. On a given week, they could blow out a good team or they could get smoked by a bad team. You really don't know who's going to show up. You know, I think it's clear that when when Kenny still is on the field to go with Hopkins and Deshaun, Carlos High's actually had a pretty good season. Their offense is really good. Their defense has played a lot better uh, the second half of the season. They were, they were really good, I thought, last week. Uh, Tampa... One of those weird bad teams. I don't even know if you can consider them bad anymore. They're seven and seven. Who would have thought they were seven and seven? They started three and seven. They're getting plus three at home. Godwin's banged up. Evans is out. But Jameis, you know, for all the picks he throws, he does throws a lot. Throw a lot of touchdowns. This is one of those weird games. It would not shock me to see Tampa play well. Uh, I, I would lean Houston, but as a gambling man, I would stay away. To me. This is another game I would stay away because Bills at the Patriots. I think we're all thinking take the Bills plus six. Which is a pretty good bet when you just factor in they got an elite defense and the Patriots offense is a train wreck. Here's the issue though just with the game. The Bills barely average over 20 points. And the Patriots have the best scoring defense in the league. How are the Patriots, or excuse me, how are the Bills, who just really struggled against the the Steelers, and the Steelers are good on defense too, but how are they going to win in New England? It's way harder. There's this mythological element to the Patriots, too, when you factor in the Bills have been in this division forever. I love Sean McDermott. It's it's kudos to them making the playoffs again. And I, I love their defense. And Edelman, I saw a clip at practice. He looks terrible. Physically, he's hurt. Patriots can't run the ball. Brady's old. Is he going to leave in free agency? I, I just I, I can't pick against the Patriots till they just prove it to me over and over so I would lean New England but six points I think the first game in Buffalo right was 16 to 10 to me this kind of feels like 23 14 type game even for maybe 23 10 so I'd probably go New England minus six game of the night because it's actually the only game on in the night Rams at the Niners in that first game when the Niners played them in LA they kicked their ass their defense was a lot healthier. D. Ford played in that game. D. Ford's not playing in this game. But the Niners coming off a bad loss to the Falcons. I mean, kind of a bad loss. Julio Jones was the guy kicking their ass, and they were missing Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman's back. Their uh, nickel corner, Kwan Williams, is also back. So I, I actually think the Niners' defense, which has not been that good the last couple weeks, should be a lot better. Just they get Sherman back, who's very important. Bosa's been balling. Buckner Armstead. The Rams' offensive line is a train wreck. The weird part, though, about this game is the Rams are technically still alive, and because Minnesota doesn't play until Monday night, you got to win this game to just keep your playoff hopes alive. If you lose this game, it's a, it's over. The The Rams have to win the next two. Minnesota has to lose the last two. So if the Rams lose this game, just say bye-bye to the playoffs. So they're going to come out swinging. Now, if the Niners can get an early lead, games at home, I saw on weather.com, I mean, I live here, but – it's supposed to rain, I guess, in Northern California on Saturday night. So, you know, I, I don't know who necessarily that benefits. The Rams, Todd Gurley's kind of a shell of himself. Their defense, beside last week where they got their ass kicked, has actually been a lot better since they got Jalen Ramsey. I'd probably take the Rams plus six and a half, but kind of like all three of these games, I think they are just stay away. So this it's a hard, hard week to gamble. Jacksonville at Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta's sneaky kind of hot. You know, they've won four of their last six games. Julio Jones is going nuts. Matt Ryan looked good. Jacksonville was begging to get their ass kicked last week. And the Raiders just refused because the Raiders suck even more than the Jaguars. And the refs helped them out a little bit. The Falcons minus seven and a half. Is is there a chance if Dan Quinn wins these last couple games, he's going to keep his job? If they end up going seven and nine? They're five and nine right now. If they win out, is he keeping his job or is he a lock to be fired? Because it felt like he was a lock to be fired. I still feel like he's going to get fired, but I would probably remove the word lock. And then with Jacksonville, it feels like everyone's going to get fired. Kind of a shitty deal there. So I would lean the Falcons there. New Orleans at Tennessee. Uh, the Saints just need to keep winning because if the Niners you know, slip up or Seattle slips up, they can get the one seed. They have the tiebreaker over Seattle. If the 49ers went out, they would get the one seed because they have the tiebreaker over New Orleans. But if New Orleans wins these next two games, they're a lock to get a bye. So this game is big. And Tennessee at, what are they, 8? What's their record right now? 8-6. and You know, with the Steelers who are playing the Jets, this is borderline must win. Games at home. Saints coming off a short week. Now, I don't feel good about Tennessee winning this game. But you got to win to even have the final week against Houston in Houston even matter. And if the Steelers were to win, we'll talk about that game next, but bye-bye Tennessee if you lose this game. So there, there is a lot on the line. Giants at Redskins. Actually, let's talk about this game next. Because there's nothing to say. Who cares? Hey, even if you're a Giants fan, I would probably boycott watching this. And if you're a Redskins fan, I think you've already boycotted the season. What just a – you might as well just put a dumpster in the, at the 50-yard line, throw a bunch of trash in the dumpster, and then just throw some gasoline and then light the thing on fire. Cause that's what this game is—a dumpster fire. Redskins joke, Giants—you could argue a bigger joke because they actually thought they were going to be good. What a debacle! I mean, it's, Jay Gruden's already fired. Is Pat Shermer next? You would think. To me, the question with the uh, the New York Giants is: Dave Gettleman survive? Steelers at the Jets. Uh, like I said, I mean, this is a big game for the Steelers. They are still in the sixth spot. If they win out, they're in the playoffs. You're playing the Jets, who haven't really played that well since they had that one game against the Raiders when they looked awesome. They've kind of turned back into the Adam Gase Jets. Here's the thing with the Steelers, though, is their offense isn't very good because their quarterback situation, and I'm rooting for Duck Hodges. He's a cool story, but if he's your quarterback, you you got some issues. And then the Jets, just too many injuries, just kind of a lost year. Uh, Bengals at the Dolphins, the Burrow Bowl. Can we call it the Burrow Bowl? You know, if you're the Bengals, you want no part of winning this game. None. And if you're the Dolphins, they just keep on playing hard. Was, they have three wins right now, I think. I'd have to double-check that. But th- this game actually has a little more intrigue. Like, I, I crushed the Giants-Redskin game, but I'm kind of giving this love. I don't know if that's fair. But I do appreciate the way the Miami Dolphins, they play. I mean, they play really hard. You, you have to give... Brian Flores a lot of credit. So right now the Bengals have one win. I guess it because the Dolphins have three, they would still be in the driver's seat because the Redskins and the Giants are right behind them in the draft order. But they play, so someone is going to win that game. That sucks for the Redskins and the Giants. Whoever wins that game, is going to screw themselves for draft spots. God, that would. If I was John Mara, I would mandate my team loses. So actually, it doesn't. It's not the Burrow Bowl because the Bengals are. <laughs> The Bengals are going to get Joe Burrow, and if they lose this game, it's a lock to get Joe Burrow, unless he denies going there, which I would recommend. The Panthers at the Colts, there's really not much on the line in this game. The Colts' season is over uh, after losing just several games in a row. Who would have thought? I mean, I think most of us thought they were going to be really good. T.Y. Hilton got hurt. Uh, Jacoby hurt his knee, and then it kind of derailed their season. Now they're 6-8, and eight, and they look like they're headed for like a 7-9 and nine season. The Panthers, I thought they'd have a little more life once Ron Rivera was fired, but that hasn't really been the case. And it turns out Kyle Allen just isn't that great of a player. Sorry, I got something in my throat or something. Uh, The Ravens at the Browns. I I would say the biggest upset so far of the season is the Browns beating the Ravens earlier in the year. And, you know, you come all the way to Week 16 and you go... The Browns, at home, are a 10-point underdog. So that tells you everything to know that's happened since that game. I, I always just kind of bet against a team. Like, are the Ravens that started 2-2 two and two really going to win 12 straight games and finish 14-2? and two? And I'm not demin- – like, they're awesome. They're the best team in the league right now. They probably have the MVP with Lamar Jackson, and John Harbaugh probably deserves to be that coach of the year. But, you know, if you're them, I don't know if a loss – Kind of just to refocus everyone. Now you could argue, John, why do they need to refocus? They're kicking the crap at everyone. I mean, like, that's fair. The Ravens—they didn't play till since last Thursday. The Browns got Jarvis screaming at people, and I, I don't know how you pick against the Ravens in this game. But that's what's weird about late, you know, in the season NFL games. You know, it's, is this really a rivalry game? I mean, do the Ravens look at the Browns like some rival? Now is there going to be a little revenge factor because they beat them so early in the season, or do they even care? They've kicked so much ass, and everyone's been blowing them since. Why do they even care about the Browns? Uh, so I I would probably take the Browns plus ten. Just that's a lot of points. The Browns do have some good players. And I just I just wonder. You just wonder if the if the Ravens are bound to have just kind of a mental lapse because they're clearly a way better team, way better coached, and they just have more cohesion with their talent. But you would just think if if I was on the Ravens, would I say super focused? You know, for a game at Cleveland, I don't even know if I'd care. But then again, I'm recording into a mic, and they're playing in the NFL. Lions at the Broncos. I don't have much to say here. Uh, a little surprising, I guess. Patricia and Bob Quinn were retained for this this next season with the owner basically saying, "We better make the playoffs, or these guys are done." Uh, the Broncos. It's weird because in his first two starts. Uh, Drew Locke threw five touchdowns, five touchdowns. He looked like Elway in the one game against uh, against the Houston Texans. Came back to earth a little last week against the Kansas City Chiefs, but playing at Arrowhead in the snow, that's a pretty tough environment. You should get your ass kicked. I kind of like the Broncos minus six and a half, especially if they're starting that Blau guy. Raiders at the Chargers, another game I have no feel for. The Raiders are just in shambles. Trent Brown, their star right tackle, IR. Josh Jacobs, not an IR, but he's not playing this week. The Chargers, I would feel very uncomfortable gambling on them, but they do have a lot of good players, and you would think they would expose a backup right tackle and the Raiders missing their best offensive piece. Plus, the Raiders have lost four straight games, and in three of those games they got blown out, and their fourth loss was to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, I like the Chargers here. Cowboys at the Eagles. Uh, I I would say this is the marquee game of Sunday with a couple of those good games on Saturday and with Chicago not being that good, so there's not much on the line. Where do we start? Uh, The big news of the week is Dak Prescott hasn't practiced. Now, I've been around the NFL and covering it and talking about it long enough to know this is not high school sports. Hell, this isn't college. Not practicing once you're a pro, and especially once you're a veteran, is not that big of a deal. To me, the bigger issue is, is Amari had a comment. The Dak didn't make a throw in the Rams game, and he said something to him in the huddle. And Dak's like, "God, I just something's hurting right now." So is the, is he this guy legitimately hurt? Because if Dak Prescott is let's say seventy five percent, the Cowboys are no lock to win this game. If the Cowboys has full health, they're just way better than the Eagles because the Eagles are missing a million players. But if you tell me that Dak Prescott is nowhere near one hundred percent. I got this game red flagged. Now, if Dak is 75% and still can make the majority of the throws, and Zeke can dominate on the ground, it still should be advantage ca- the Cowboys. Mainly because the Eagles, Alshon's gone. Deshaun's gone. Is Lane Johnson's hurt? Like, how many guys can you miss? They're depending on Greg Ward Jr., which, I like Greg Ward. I've watched it in the last three or four weeks. I probably need to text Howie. That guy's a player. But that's... That's depending on a lot in a basically a playoff game, and that's what this is. Now, the advantage Philly has is games in Philly, and those people hate the Cowboys. And that place is going to be going apeshit. And Carson Wentz has showed signs of life the last two weeks. The problem is it's taken him elevating his game in the second half against two terrible teams in the Redskins and the Giants for them to win the last two games. So sometimes winning can band-aid some of your issues. Like They're not playing that well. And it's not even their fault. They're missing so many players. But they found this Greg Ward Jr. guy. He's a baller. Miles Sanders finally coming on. Carson getting some of his mojo. Now they get to come home. I I mean, trust me, I want to pick Philly so bad in this game. But I just don't see, assuming Dak Prescott is not like 50%, how the Cowboys can't win this game. They just have way more healthy players. They have more impact players that are available but Doug Peterson, much better coach, coach than Jason, you know the the Jerry Jones kind of hit the ghost of him always around, making everyone uncomfortable. I'm rooting for Philly. Uh, my my heart says Philly, my, my head says the Cowboys. Arizona at Seattle. I know Arizona just beat down the Browns at home, but I just see no way they're going to go up to the to the twelves and hang. I I would expect now nine and a half is a lot of points and Arizona can backdoor cover because Kyler makes plays. But if Seattle is legitimately going to win, win the West and be a one seed, I don't think you just win this game. You, you win it by 10 plus points. So this should be a statement game for Seattle going into, which I would imagine if the Niners win and Seattle's wins, even though neither team has to win week 17 for the NFC West will be Sunday night football, which is pretty cool. Chiefs at the Bears. Chiefs are humming. Four straight games, under 20 points. Their defense is playing great. Got to tip your hat to Spags. Obviously, Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, their offense is awesome. If their defense plays well, I, I think they could easily win the Super Bowl. Here's the thing with the Bears. They're a feisty average team. And the problem mainly is Trubisky because he's just not very good. He can bitch all he wants, point the finger. Nagy's not calling the right plays like Mitch. We've seen you miss basic throws. I'm talking elementary throws. In the business, we call them layup throws. Just keep your mouth quiet, buddy. Just just, just sit this one out. When someone asks you your opinion on stuff and anything relates to the coach or any of the play calling, even if you disagree, just just keep that one in-house. You, you you, have negative equity right now. And I, I hope Ryan Pace doesn't pick up his fifth-year option and moves on from him. Not because of everything I've heard about Mitch, he's a great guy. He's not a good enough player. It's just that simple. Now, where I get nervous is Ryan Pace drafted this guy number two overall. He traded up for three. And he traded a third and fourth round pick to move up one spot. And he didn't just move up one spot. He passed on two guys. I don't know if you've noticed. Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes. Turned out to be pretty good players. And one was acquired by Andy and the other was Bill O'Brien. And those guys go to the playoffs every year with those two guys. So, Ryan Pace, is he going to be willing to admit how wrong he was Even though we all on the outside know how wrong he was, we see it all the time. It's hard for general managers to admit defeat. So I would guess, as crazy as it sounds, that they pick up his fifth-year option. I hope they don't. I'm a Bears fan, so I'm rooting for them not. And this is I don't have any inside information. I don't know Ryan Pace. But I think it's going to be very difficult for him not to pick up the fifth-year option on his quarterback, though it's the right move. I like the Chiefs in this game, but if I was gambling, I'd take the under... It's probably going to be freezing cold. KC's defense is playing well. Obviously,
0: Chicago's defense is solid. And it should be a decent Sunday night game. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
1: Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's At thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative, bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because, like most 16 year old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers, I need to tint out the windows. at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home. And then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles that's the beauty of the active cash credit card it's ready when you are with unlimited two percent cash rewards the wells fargo active cash credit card that's real life ready terms apply learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash okay let's do a couple middle cough mailbag questions i'm gonna bang out a couple Uh, keep it short, you know, get you ready for the holidays. I guess we got the holidays, Christmas and everything's next week. So we'll figure out next week's schedule. I haven't really thought about that yet, but probably just keep on humming. You know, no, uh, as Belichick would say, no days off. First question. Do you think Jonathan Taylor will go in the first round? He had an amazing career running the ball, but needs to catch the ball better. Running backs don't go in the first round often. I haven't studied him, besides just watching him on television, so I can't speak to, I I don't know, is that the knock that he doesn't catch the ball well? I know watching him in that conference championship game against Ohio State, he had one run that was just like, he had a first-round run. And I've seen him enough to know, he's a first-round type runner in terms of physicality. He can run inside, he can run outside, he can break tackles. Probably the one knock would be elite top-end speed. But to me, there's some Saquon Barkley of just... Just an absolute playmaker with the ball in his hands. But yeah, I mean, I would guess if I had to guess right now, not really, I wouldn't even say it's an educated guess because I haven't texted around. I haven't really studied them because you got to catch the ball. To me, in 2020, a running back is not going in the first round if they can't catch the ball. They got to be Zeke. They got to be McCaffrey. The days of Leonard Fournette types going in the first round are done. You know, I personally wouldn't take one in the first round, but if you can get Jonathan Taylor in the second round, be like getting Nick Chubb in the second round. So I my, my guess, uneducated guess right now, second round. From what I've seen of him, though, I'm a huge fan. The dude's a baller. Niners fan from Palo Alto, but living in Vegas. Sin City, baby. Been watching the Raiders' stadium progress. I'm not too sure the stadium is going to be done in time. Lot to be done. Wouldn't shock me if they dropped the ball on this, too. Ha. So I guess not even middle golf mailbag question. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason the Raiders... Got a lease for next year at the Coliseum. To think they are some lock to be there next year—it's just not a fact. The Raiders are always behind. They're they're always struggling to get things done. Could it be done? Sure. Could it not? Yeah. I mean, it's it's on the table. It's. I heard Kevin Clark for the Ringer. He's awesome. NFL follow follow him on Twitter. Uh, he was on Rosillo's podcast, and I think Ryan wasn't quite quite understanding, like, do the of people in the Bay Area even care? And Clark's like, no. No, no one gave a shit. They've been faking the move for, like, five straight years. I mean, that they've been, they've had the final game at the Coliseum for three straight years. You can only cry wolf so many times before someone doesn't come to help you. Finally, the wolf's there, and you get eaten. You know? Yeah, just, you create ap- apathy, and just it's hard to maintain incredible emotions Now, some people there had them, but just on the whole, I, if you would have asked like, people watching the Raider game, the casual person around the Bay Area, I don't think most people knew that was the final game of the Coliseum. No one cares. It's their own fault. Look, do you want to be in an NFL bracket pool? Question mark. It's similar to March Madness, but for NFL. I think this should get more popular, and I've been running one for a few years. Just let me know. I'll send everything out, and you just have to fill one out and send it back. Text or email is fine. $15 entry. You can invite anyone else. Should be interested. Another question that is clearly not a middle cop mailbag question. But this is not a terrible idea to do a little playoff. Maybe we could do a three and out playoff bracket. That's not a, that's not a terrible idea at all. I might have to look into that. This guy sparked a little, get my mind humming. I, I like that. How does Lane Kiffin keep falling up? Failing up? How would any school parent trust him to lead a program or trust with a young man's future? That's a pretty good question. Uh, you know, his last name certainly doesn't hurt. I think what he did the last three years at FAU, I mean, two of the years they've won double-digit games. They're playing in a bowl game this weekend. He does have a long history of calling plays and being a dynamic offensive mind. I i, I think I've said it before on this podcast. If he, I watched his press conference when he got hired at Ole Miss. He sounded like a new guy. He really did. And I, I think he's matured. You know, I, I I don't think parents, most parents when their kid's getting recruited, the majority of them don't know that much about, you know, colleges and coaches. They're just open-minded and humans, and they're, you know, impacted by people that you can be faked out. You know, if someone can just, if, if you can sell, which a lot of college football coaches have to be able to sell, you just believe them. You know, I think a lot of people get fooled. Most kids that are being recruited, their dad didn't play in the NFL. Their parents didn't play college football, so they don't don't know. So if you just meet Lane Kiffin and he smiles and he shows you his resume, you think, wow, Lane freaking Kiffin, this guy worked for Nick Saban and Pete Carroll, and he's been a head coach a bunch of places. This guy's young, and he's got a big smile, and he's tall. I almost called him skinny, but he's put on some LBs. I, I just think you don't know what you don't even know. You just—it's just awesome to see guys come through. This guy's from the SEC. He wants my kid to go there. Boosters are willing to, you know, transfer a little cash into the, into the savings account. You just—you you don't again—you don't know what you don't even know. Howie keeps failing up. Jimmy Sexton's his agent. So when you when you got Jimmy on your side, you're in uh, you're you're in pretty good shape. Appreciate everyone listening. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the Saturday and Sunday, and then even leading up to Monday, NFL. Look forward to talking to everyone next week. And uh, so I don't even need to say Happy Hanukkah or Merry Christmas because I'll see you next week. Enjoy the games. Thanks for listening. Tell all your friends. Peace. (laughs)
0: Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. On sale now through May 14th. Visit livenation.com concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears.